Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, all. Kinsey Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast, and you've been requesting him. He's back. He's back in action. And um, the voice of reason here on the To Die For Daily podcast, NT Lawyer, what a wild week for Royals. What is your first take right off the bat? That Omid is a liar. I I I might have to add just a mic drop right there at the the sound of a mic collapsing because that was pretty brutal. You you made a point. I wish I had screen grabbed it because I screen grabbed a couple of things to ask you about. But weeks ago, I had I had the epiphany that one of the um, something coming from the People magazine preview that o- Omid submitted sounded ha- sounded exactly like something that quote unquote, one of Megan's friends had told press at the time. And then I opened up crazydaysandnights.net and I was like, ah, oh, there he is, NT lawyers saw the same thing. Um, so it's interesting that Harry and Megan through not an official spokesperson, but through friends are trying to distance themselves from end game. But you also noticed that there was some language in, in end game that sounded a lot like Harry and Megan language of the past. Is that true? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and you know, I like how one of my my things with Omid is that, you know, he made a, a great pains that he takes. Oh, you know, I don't get anything from them directly, and I'm not friends with them or anything. But he he, you can tell when he's talking about like the last official appearance that Megan did with the as a royal in England. Yeah. And Omid always brags that he was like one of two or three press people that were there. And that because she personally invited him and that she would talk to him all the time and that she gave him the biggest hug at the end of it. It was an emotional goodbye. Remember, NT? Yeah. So to, for him <laughs> to say, oh, I'm not friends or whatever. But then it's obvious, you know, they worked this this cutout thing where, you know, Megan had to and we talked about, it, I think, last time you know, in the trial. And she said, well, yes, I did brief a friend who then, you know, talked to Omid. You you just, it's semantics at this point. Right. Yeah. And then actually had to apologize to the court for quote unquote, forgetting about collaborating on a best-selling biography about yourself. Yes. You, um, it was Wednesday, November 29th. You posted after the blind yesterday, I certainly expected a much stronger denial from the author about what he knew. And when about the arranged leak it sounds like he was up to his ears in it can you go into that a little bit more i just think that okay there's books that are translated constantly and if you every day every day you know harry potter books whatever um there's translators do not add stuff to it they just take it (laughs) and for him to say and this is where the lie begins for him to say that he never had a draft with the names is ridiculous. Of course he had a draft with the names. He submitted it and they said, no, we're not going to be able to use this because of English law. We're not going to be able to name the names. And so, and so fine, you know, but there for him to say there was never a draft ever is, is just, it's ridiculous. It's, that is just a lie. It's the same. If you go and look at Brittany's book, Brittany's book probably had a million things in it. It kept being delayed because they're like, okay, well, we can't verify this. We can't verify this. We're going to have to take it out. It's not to say that there wasn't a draft with everything in it. 
Right. So, and he, he did say that there are different laws in the UK. And of course, I'm just going to stress this is this is all opinion because we we do, there they say that this is there's an investigation going on the, behind the scenes. We'll see if we ever see what the resolution is there. But he did say that the reason he did not include the names in the initial copy before this was ever released, he said, I know who the two alleged royal racists are but i can't say it because of uk law so would it be a loophole to somehow have it leaked through another country to build hype for your book sales yeah i mean it's obviously a publicity thing mm -hmm. um it's obviously a, a stunt to get people to buy the book um to create a demand especially for the the dutch version right. and one of the things that also I mean, this is kind of um, shows that when people are given advanced copies, they don't necessarily read the whole thing to make their review. Mm -hmm. And the reporter for for in the Netherlands who got an advanced copy of the book and who's the one who said, oh, here's the you know, I saw a name. You right. can tell that he didn't read the whole book because right. the other name is way, way further deeper in the book. Right. But he he didn't see that. So it takes so he's he's probably getting so much attention because of his initial tweet. And when he finally sits down and reads it, he says, oh, my gosh, I dropped the ball because there's another name featured in this. And then if if Harry and Meghan are sitting in Montecito, you know, just fuming over the fact that they were inches away from a Christmas, you know, holiday invite. And now that that's in the toilet, thanks to this book, uh, then the fire just like gasoline on an open flame with this second name. And I think it's because people were absolutely shocked by this name. Um, I, I want to ask you because Christopher Anderson here in the States wrote a book where he did name King Charles as the person that made the, the remark. He said it was very innocent. You know, this is a man that was surprised when Harry came out, when, when, as soon as Harry exited the womb, Charles was like red hair. Wow. You know, this was a man that was surprised by the way that Prince Harry looked. So yes, he's probably going to be curious about what Prince Harry's baby looks like. Christopher Anderson said it was Charles that made the remark and it was really innocent. Uh, and so it had been circulating in the States. We'd had time to digest that narrative, digest the idea of Charles being the person that made the comment. Um, it's interesting. Tom Bauer said it was Camilla, the uh, queen consort that had made an, you know, kind of a quirky joke, but uh, I don't think any of us had ever heard the name Catherine princess of Wales before. Had you heard that? And what was your reaction to it? I had not heard that. And then, but also what I'm confused about is supposedly like King Charles and Megan were writing letters back and forth where, you know, and where Megan was talking about the person like in a, in a, in a, like, I don't know, like a different name or whatever. And I, I never really quite understood why King Charles and Meghan would be writing letters about what King Charles had said. Ooh. So, yeah. so it, it obviously there had to be another person, but I think that much like probably everybody assumed that it was Camilla rather than Kate. So, um, but yeah, it never made sense to me that since we knew about King Charles, that why would Meghan be writing King Charles about something that he said, because they, it always felt like they were talking about a third party. It, it wasn't, what? hey, did you what did you say, King Charles, about this or whatever? 
it, it, those those letters were never described like that. The letters were described as talking about a third person. And as an attorney, what, what do you think about Megan suing the mail over a letter that Thomas Markle had provided them? Uh, uh, she sued them for copyright, saying that that was, you know, she owned the copyright to this letter she'd written to her father. I, I believe she was actually successful in that pursuit. But we haven't heard Megan threaten to sue Omid Scobie over a private letter that he has somehow accessed that was written to her father-in-law. Is that not interesting to you? That is interesting to me because obviously, okay, if she sued Omid, then there's going to be depositions and things. And we're going to find out stuff that she doesn't want, right? you know, um, out there and then you know it'll make what she had to do when she apologized to the court for forgetting it would make that seem so trivial compared to okay well happen. exactly yeah. now the other thing is if if the royals wanted to just go full on burning bridges they could sue omen mm -hmm. you know what's this i mean obviously kate has sued before you know with the topless photos and stuff right. so it's it's not like she's scared to to sue and what what did Kate say? And maybe Kate's, I never said anything. So then, okay, are we going to sue Omen? Or is the royal family going to go, look, enough is enough. We don't want to give add any more fuel to this fire. Let's just let it die out. Because as because, an attorney, oh, would you say that they're opening themselves up to more, to more uh, negative attention if they sued? Like, you know, we don't know what kind of evidence the other side would ask for. Are, are the are the royals vulnerable if, if they sued? Would it, would it, take away a little bit of the mystique if kate didn't say anything like totally didn't say anything and remember libel laws there are much more strict than they are here mm -hmm. so I, I and they can keep a lot of it quiet i think it just depends i don't understand also if you're talking about king charles at, towards the beginning of the book saying it then and then kate's name is three quarters of the way through um and that also again all you have to do is say, okay, Omen, you said that there's no, you never had a draft. Let's see all your drafts. Yeah. Um, and I think probably, like I said, it's a, uh, it's a PR thing. And it just, because nobody was that interested in the book, you know, almost as soon as it came out, it went to 50% off in England. Uh, it's, it's also that I think that not only were a lot of, were people not really interested in the book, but there's something about an individual that has no backing of anyone except for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex who have seen seemingly backed off in recent years. You know, I haven't seen one single royal commentator go on television and defend this man. He has no friends. He has no support behind him. He it, it, are his publishers even behind him? If I were Omid, I'd want the publisher of that book, the, the publisher that was, quote unquote, responsible for that mistake on every international television station, begging for my forgiveness, begging for the forgiveness of the royal family, because Omid went on BBC and said, well, I'm not going to apologize to the royal family. I'm just as frustrated, which LOL, right? I, I highly doubt. But don't you think that if you were in Omid's position, you would want the publisher to be putting themselves out there and apologizing to the royal family and and trying to make things right. It just seems like he had he has and had no support leading up to this book. Right. And he said, you know, that there's a full investigation underway to say how it was included. Well, it was included because you wrote it. And <laughs> <Allegedly>. because, <laughs> because look at this. 
So let's say the Dutch translator, right? And the Dutch translator has come out and said, I just translated the book. Yeah, I'm in. That's all I do. You this know, is my I, job. So it would be far fetched for me. OK, so let's say this. Let's say the Dutch translator um, put in King Charles's name. OK, just OK. Just did they write a paragraph? Because think about like this. OK, writing a book, writing a book. Oh, King Charles said this. OK, so the translator put that in. And then later on, you know, a whole book just translating. And then Kate Middleton said this. So I think that it would be very easy to say, OK, here's the translation. Here is where they are in the book. Now, Omid, let's see your copies of your drafts. And if it's in the same exact position, then how is it possible that the Dutch translator just picked by chance, by circumstance, by luck, the exact same places in the book where you had it? But what are the repercussions <clears throat> if nobody sues? Are there none? You know, somebody can say we're doing an investigation, but they could just not. You know, what are the repercussions? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously sitting here thinking that this could all just go away. This could just be, um, I mean, I, I know we've said publicity stunt already. Now, Omid swears on his life and on his family's life, it's not a publicity stunt. I don't know how much that means to anybody. But, you know, this realistically, are there any repercussions unless someone sues? Probably not. Um, but remember, it was it's Omid who said that there was a that there was a full investigation. We're taking his word for it. This guy who's, you know, already, you know, probably lied, in the right? yeah. so so if he's saying a full investigation is underway, we're just have to take his word for it. I mean, the, the palace said that they're exploring all options when it comes to legal action. And, and now, like you said, Omid doesn't have a lot of friends. And you I guarantee you 1000 percent that the next time a book is written about the royals, that is. Um, negative about them and not Harry and Meghan, it's going to be somebody else that they're using as their mouthpiece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because this has not been a good reflection on any of them. And I think you might have brought up during our last conversation that this book was postponed. So perhaps Harry and Meghan did in some way, shape or form through a third party, whatever, collaborate with Omid on this book. But there, there's been a great distance between now and then. And this book was supposed to come out and then it got postponed. And Harry and Meghan really could have been sitting back in Montecito, you know, strategizing, scheming, trying to get this Christmas invite, because as we've discussed before, um, you know, their their value has decreased immensely since but they've distanced themselves and trashed the, the British royal family. And this really could have hit like a ton of bricks because in the weeks leading up to just Omid's People magazine preview before the book was even released, Harry and Meghan did release an official response to reports that they were not attending King Charles's birthday party. They wanted the world to know that they were not invited. Harry insisted he was going to call his father on his birthday party or on his birthday then we conveniently got the update that the call happened and we got the, the, the king got video of, of Lily and Archie wishing the king a happy birthday on this cell phone that we know doesn't exist, allegedly. And then um, we heard that Harry and Meghan would not reject an invite to Christmas. So it did feel like they were really putting some feelers out there and trying to um, work their way a little bit back into the royal fold, whether it was sincere or not, or just because they're they've got some sort of 
plans in the works professionally and it would look better if they had that contact with the royal family i don't know but what are the odds that you to you that harry and megan are unhappy with the way this has all happened i think they're extremely frustrated because as you said the book was delayed and it was delayed essentially because they wanted to include you know um the queen passing and king charles's um you know ascension to the throne so i mean it made sense that it was delayed however what i also have thought about is the original the original one might have been that draft could have had those names in it oh i hadn't thought about that and so then what happens is you know they're just adding a couple of chapters at the end and then that's translated so do you see what i'm saying so it's like the 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 publisher in the netherlands already had the one that was scheduled to go out and that's the one that had the names so my whole point is that there is no way that this translator just put in stuff on their own. It's, no, I, I, I it's totally impossible. agree with you. It's impossible. I totally agree. And, and the translator has said that themselves. And, and she looked beside herself upset and emotional when the Daily Mail knocked on her door to ask her about this. Much more emotion than we've seen from Omid Scobie over the last week. Now, you had the, the Telegraph had reported months ago that Prince Harry had this little space at this exclusive bungalow in L.A. that he'd sometimes escape to. And then if you follow um, Crazy Days and Nights, then you know that Megan has been seen quite often at Los Angeles-based hotels over the over the last year. I had somebody reach out to me anonymously and say, should this be investigated um, because Harry and Megan were caught up in a lie through finding freedom. And that was a that was a digital footprint that got them in trouble. These emails with Jason Knopf where they say, yeah, let's work with Omid Scobie and Carolyn Duran. We want to make sure that our voice is heard through Finding Freedom. Here are here are some facts to include in the book. So I, I the email sounded to me like they were trying to allude because Omid Scobie has been seen in Los Angeles quite a bit over the last year as well. So the he lives emails, here. Well, I think he lives both. I think he has a place. I feel like both. he I feel like he spends more time in L.A. than he does. Oh, OK. Well, that's interesting to note. But um, so they they're basically alluding to the fact that could Harry and Meghan be spending times at, at time at these exclusive places where no cameras are allowed um, so that there could be an exchange of information without a paper trail. Uh, Just your opinion on that. Obviously just rumor and somebody asking me to, to investigate in that direction. And I think it's an interesting theory, but I'd like to know what your reaction to that is. Yeah. I mean, I think that they probably met with Omid or not. They, let me clarify. I don't think that Harry has, I think that Megan probably or at least megan and you know would go to la and you know see a friend and that friend would then go to dinner or something with omid because even in in an exclusive private kind of place um like san vicente bungalows or something like that people even though you're not going to take pictures somebody would say something if they saw omid and megan together Mm. um so I just think, but if you see Omid just with somebody, some random person, you're not going to know if that person is a friend of Megan's or some kind of cutout. Um, but I think that it's no coincidence that Omid has spent so much time in L.A. over the last year or so. 
yeah, while this book very- is being written, you know? Absolutely. Just from a, a legal standpoint, too, because Megan, if she published a book, it would be coming from, well, I mean, obviously it would be published internationally, but she, the core would be in the States. I've, what about the, a strategy to allow Omid Scobie to leak in some way, shape, or form these names so that if Megan did have a book that she wanted to publish and she wanted to get back into this, um, she wouldn't be liable by being the person that puts that those names out there. Or at least she wouldn't receive the public backlash that would likely occur if she was the one to make the big reveal. People will have time to settle on it. They'll have time to digest it. You know, if she comes out and releases a book, now she's kind of free to openly discuss this because some might argue that it's already out there. What is your opinion on that? Well, she could say something like, look, I wasn't going to talk about this, but since it's out there, I'm uh-huh. going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And I want to tell my side of it since it came out. I'm not the one who put it out there, but since it's out there, let me go ahead and expand on it, you know, for four or five chapters. Oh, yeah. I just want to remind you guys about my victimhood. Um, yes. And we and I thought that, you know, some of the parts in the book, like because the whole part where, you know, Kate doesn't talk to Megan and they haven't spoken since 2019 and everything. And um, that Kate never had any didn't want to be friends with with Megan. You know, there's a lot of in-laws that don't like each other. Yeah. And <clears throat> so but it just seems to me like that specifically, because Omen's not getting that from Kate. When you say something that when Omid says that Kate's cold and ignored Megan's cries for help, I thought, okay, that's only coming from Megan, that line. Because who's going to say Megan's cries for help? It's not going to be somebody in the palace. No. It's going to be somebody from Megan's side. When you use that specific quote, ignored Megan's cries for help. So was she asking Kate for help? And, and there's Kate, no way, there's no way that that happened. We, all she has said is that she spoke to whatever she considers a human resources department of a palace, which she's not a palace employee. So why would you go there? Why not go to one of the 50 charities that the, that your husband works with about mental health and ask them to privately to mentor you and, and work with you? Um, you know, it's... I think you're right. Like what a manipulative way to point that out, because if you're reading it and you don't have a dog in the fight, your emotions uh, immediately feel like that Kate did something cruel on purpose. Yeah, I just there's there's certain things, certain phrases, certain quotes that obviously came from Megan's side. I just when I read these things, when I read like the stuff from it, I don't get anything that necessarily comes from the palace because the palace isn't going to help Omid. Even, even somebody behind the scenes is not going to, to help. Well, I and... believe it was the, I think it was the, the sun on Sunday. Did you see that the sun on Sunday got their hands on a physical copy from um, Holland? And there were additional mentions in this book that did not exist in the English language version, like a reference to Prince William as being heartless for not allowing Prince Harry to take flight with them uh, to the Queen's deathbed. You know, just 
you're absolutely right. Verbiage like that, very aggressive, very opinionated and saying that Prince William was still angry with Prince Harry over the Oprah Winfrey interview. Um, so, a lot, you know, that there's no way he says he talks to people that worked at the palace. I'm like, why would anybody jeopardize their jobs to side with the Sussexes? I just can't imagine. They wouldn't. And also you can tell from when you read it that Princess Eugenie is one as a person that's talking to Omen. Do you think so? <laughs> what, what 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 passage made you feel that way? Because Scobie was talking about that only Princess Eugenie was was talking to Harry about keeping him looped in. So that could come from Megan. It could come from Eugenie, either one. Um, but then there was this thing where it said that Harry's team had tr tried to persuade the palace to delay like the official announcement until someone had got a hold of him. Uh -huh. And yes. so, again, so I can see it, it might not be Eugenie. It could be Megan. I'm just saying that that's if you're looking for somebody in the palace and also Eugenie and Kate don't necessarily have the the best relationship. And also, if you think about it, if you want to believe that Omen said that William wanted Andrew's title stripped, but, but King Charles didn't, then that would give Eugenie, you know, more ammunition to go after William. So I feel like that one part about William wanted Andrew's title stripped, which they should have been, is that um, but King Charles didn't. Who would know that? And, yeah. and then I'm thinking that's Eugenie. Because I'm not sure it's a conversation that would necessarily come back to Harry and Meghan. It's not it's a conversation <clears throat> that would leave a room. You're right. Like that's a very, uh, yeah, that's a very um, delicate, delicate conversation that would end up splashed across every, every major news uh, outlet if it were discovered at the time. So obviously that's something that they would try to keep, you know, within the fold. Um, I mean, you say this. Do you feel like members of the royal family, like Beatrice and Eugenie, who we see still occasionally engage with Harry and Meghan, will they hesitate to in the future after how messy this has been, this this book for Omid Scobie? Because at the end of the day, no matter how much both parties say that they're not affiliated with each other, you know, perception is reality and people really feel like they're a unit. Well, I think that Eugenie and Beatrice have different things. I think that Beatrice has been more on the side of the palace and stuff because they're they're playing a delicate game too, because they would really like to obviously have official you know duties and stuff like that, and so there's only so much you can do uh, if you want to get in the good graces of King Charles, which it appears that they have made some inroads into that, and but at the same time Harry needs. Beatrice and Eugenie, because that's kind of his insight into what's going on in the palace. Yeah. Right. And and when I go back to talking about William wanted the title stripped, so I could see Andrew at home saying, look, you know, William wants the title stripped or whatever. Charles doesn't. And that's something that you're going to you discuss in front of your children. It's going to be something that, you know, he talks with Fergie about or whatever, and she's going to discuss it with the children. And then that gets to Omid through Megan and Harry. Um, so it's not necessarily that Eugenie's talking directly to Omid, but she is passing along stuff to Harry and Megan that they are then using for their cutout to Omid. There's just, I can't see it in my head, especially because 
this ongoing thing about William wanted the title strip, that could have been after Meghan and Harry left the the royal family. So, you know, those conversations. So how did it get back to them? And the only way it would have got back to them is from somebody like Eugenie. It just feels like there's really nothing in it for anybody to contribute to Omid Scobie's book. I don't I don't think that he's handing out huge wads of cash as rewards. And for the most part, people side with the royal family when it comes to the Harry and Meghan chaos. It's like I said, he's had no one take up for him on television. He said, there is not one royal commentator that I work with from um, Ingrid Seward to, you know, I don't know, Michael Cole, Robert Jobson, all of these people that are respected individuals. Not one person has come out and said, well, I can confirm this or I can confirm that. They're all saying this is absolute it's it's garbage it's toilet paper like what this is just it's it's an it's absolute trash so i just it boggles the mind that somebody would tell sit down with omid scobie and say i'm going to give you all of these secrets i just have a hard time processing that well one of the tells also and this is the things that i look for and it's especially true when you're reading a book like this because i read the book not so much for what it says but who was saying it and one of the things that Omid has said on one of the interviews that he did, but he said, all of this is frustrating because it feeds into something that couldn't be further from the truth. And also, quite frankly, I've always felt the names weren't needed to have this discussion. But yes, they were because it's just been speculation, right? Mm-hmm. Ever since, you know, Harry and Meghan, you know, talked about it on Oprah and Harry downplayed it after. He goes, I didn't think it was racist. I thought it was more ignorant or something. I forget unconscious his term. Bias. Uncon- there, unconscious bias. Thank you. But Harry's, of course, the one who wore the Nazi armband and called his little patty friend. Yeah, um, exactly. But I feel like this is Omid saying, OK, um, I've always felt the names weren't needed to have this discussion. But it's kind of like, OK, but now that the names are out there, maybe we should have this discussion. And maybe, you know, I can elaborate on what Kate said. It just it I didn't really like that quote from him. It felt like, OK, you do know something. And there was another quote that he gave. And it was it was a really strange term. And I'm not going to be able to find it. But it was basically saying um, about a version or whatever that he had. And it said, like, I I, I didn't have this version. There's no I, I'll have to find the quote and maybe I can find it before we're done here. But it was a very strange quote. And I just all of the things that he has said, you know, about, oh, it's overshadowed the release of the book. (laughs) Well, yeah, it overshadowed the release of the book because nobody really wanted. And he said that he's received several death threats. Who is threatening to kill Omid Scobie? Yeah, no one cares, Omid. Oh, my God, no one cares. Um, I wanted to just say, have you watched the difference in interviews between American media outlets and UK media outlets, because he said on ABC's Nightline, I believe the night before we heard the name Kate, that he knew who the names were and one day he might consider releasing them. And then three days before that, a Vanity Fair article was released that he was featured in. He took some some great new pictures for it. I'm sure he was thrilled where he said he was ready to burn bridges, that it was time So I hear 
quotes like that. I know the names, maybe one day I'll release them and I'm ready to burn bridges. And I go, this is a person that doesn't care at all that this is happening. In fact, it sounds kind of um, like somebody that has strategized this allegedly, but stresses that they didn't. Obviously, if he's saying that, I, I think Megan and, and Harry are done with him. And I, that's why and I think it, so, too. I think so, too. Yeah, um, they're done. Obviously, they're going to dump him. And he the only thing that he can do now is burn bridges. But what I would be very worried if I was Megan and Harry is that, OK, you're going to dump me. You're going to do that. Wait till you see the next book. Mm. Wait till you see what I write about Megan and Harry. Right, because that's his only option, right? The only way that he can shake things up and get and get people to care about him again is by saying, by the way, I've changed sides. Otherwise, we just don't care about this guy. He has no credibility and he's it's just like whatever. He's always since the beginning of his career, you know, he's always wanted to be with the celebrity. Right. And it's this it's kind of I, I talk about this all the time with tabloids and stuff and they used to always they used to publish news even like people magazine because it started off as a column in time magazine used to actually publish news and over time people magazine has become i call them knee pads they're just very friendly to celebrities they don't want to rub anybody the wrong way (laughs) and and if you think about tabloids they want access right if you want to go backstage to a taylor swift concert if you want a taylor swift interview then you can't say anything negative about taylor swift and if you go back and you look at omid's history like his first job with heat magazine he was hanging out with jody marsh kind of like a katie price type person and he was hanging out with her he wanted to be with a celebrity yeah that's and that's not exactly what you're supposed to do if you're a reporter you're not supposed to to be with this person and go with them everywhere because then you're not being objective. And so now he's doing the same thing, but with the Sussexes. That's it. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And, but he's, he has, if we're, if we're going to be fair, you know, new, new pictures in Vanity Fair and um, all of the attention he's received for Endgame, he's kind of getting that celebrity attention he always wanted today. And he is the celebrity now. Yeah, but it, it's all. It, but at what cost? Because um, the he's not going to be able to be hired by serious news outlets when it comes to royal family commentary because he's clearly sided with us. You know this the losing team. So what is the ultimate objective? Like I just. I guess it's so that if somebody sees him at a bar, he gets a ride up in the, the express. I, I mean, what is the point? Because I feel like this really has jeopardized his voice of authority going forward. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I mean, he does work for ABC News and Good Morning America. But I do wonder if this will cost him that job. If we find out that he actually did, you know, provide that information or whatever, um, he might lose those jobs. Well, it's not a good reflection on them either. And he did. I wonder what happened to the Yahoo job, because he had that for a very short amount of time. He was like the royal, the royal editor or the royal reporter for Yahoo. And then all of a sudden, blink and you'll miss it. it that was gone. He used to work, I think, full time for Harper's B- Bazaar. But that's he then he moved to Yahoo. But he did write something for Bazaar about this book. 
So um, I don't know what he does. I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, have you seen the reports coming from the Times that Montecito bookstores are refusing to carry the book? And what is your reaction to that? I mean, I think that I'm trying to think where a bookstore is in Montecito. Um, <laughs> they exist. They exist. <laughs> um, I think that it's, you know, it's great that they're not, you know, putting the book there I, because it is garbage. It's just I mean, what what the, what did we learn that we didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. already? So Diana cosplay. Uh, yeah, which honestly, that's the biggest crock. If you Google Meghan Markle, Diana, Meghan was taking trips to third world countries dressing like Diana before she ever met Harry. And, and half half the Internet thinks that that was her way of luring her luring him in because she when he started Googling her, he's thinking, oh, she's dressed awfully like my awfully a lot like my mom. I know. Um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, and if you look at like the racism stuff and you know, oh, a non-white member of the royal household staff and saying, I would be lying if I said it's not a difficult environment to be a person of color. But he goes, I have not witnessed outright explicit racism, but, you know, microaggressions and some prejudice at work. Okay, that sounds bad, but there's one person and they really kind of minimized. And so then he's quoting former staffers. Okay, former staffers, they don't work there. They don't work there for a reason, you know? Um, So... I just think that he managed to to make a book out of stuff that, like everybody has said, it's just there's nothing there. There's nothing. It, it shows why it's not selling well. And I haven't looked at the the New York Times this week to see where it ended up, but hopefully it's it's not very high. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. I did have a question about the website. I let me scroll up and see what was on my radar. Um, well, this is totally unrelated. I want to know what boy bander might be announcing his divorce. I sent that to my mom real quick. <laughs> um, but you talked about how Megan didn't get the shots she needs for her latest documentary project. So made a group of women change places and had more camera friendly women ask the pre-planned questions. Uh, that's an interesting blind item from um, crazydaysandnights.net that was on November 22nd that you revealed that that was Megan. It, do you think that this happened or do you know if this happened? Is this something that happened while they were in Canada recently? Yeah, it was the Vancouver thing. Okay. Um, but it's not the first time she did that. I'm going to, I'm going to not get it right. She did it earlier, like three or four months ago. She did the same thing and it might've even been like involved uh, with the Invictus games. It might've been something like that where they moved some people around so it looked more friendly. And this should not come as a surprise considering the public school thing. Oh, let's bring in some furniture and all this kind of stuff. It's not new. And one of the other things that Omid did, which I think burned a bridge, was that he talked about that the Sussexes had leaked stuff to the press. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to do that, he must have known And this goes and then I start thinking, Okay, let me really break this down. And he must have known that, Okay, I'm going to burn some bridges by saying this. So why don't I include the names, too? Because maybe Harry and Meghan didn't want those names out there, because like you said, we're trying to work our way back in. Let's get an invite for Christmas. Yeah. Well, so th- we don't, third, parties, we don't that. third parties like friends of friends are telling I never I, I have a hard time to stick, you know, when 
Harry and Meghan want something corrected. They send their spokesperson to do it, NT. So when they really want something corrected, I will check to see what the Archwell representative said. But they have had friends, sources close to the Sussexes, uh, which I always frustratingly want to write off because I know that they're willing to correct the narrative if they really want to. But sources close to the Sussexes say that Megan never wanted these names revealed, to your point. Yeah. And I think that's probably 100% true because they could have said it. They could have had Oprah do it, right? It's not like they didn't say the name to Oprah. It just wasn't in the final edit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure they said it to Oprah. And then, but well, they we did. don't they made some. They made some type of mistake because remember the next morning, Gail King had Oprah on her morning show and they were very much insistent on relaying the message from Harry that it was not the queen and it was not Prince Philip. So that they, they knew that they hadn't, they'd either overshared or hadn't covered enough ground based on the fact that even though that interview was probably filmed weeks before, um, Gail King and Oprah were trying to clean things up the next morning on the CBS morning show. Because I think that people in their heads automatically thought it was the queen and Prince Philip. Right. Mm. Didn't you? I mean, when you think about two people and you go, you know, who would be the biggest names? And so then they went in and, you know, like you said, cleaned it up. Right. And then you're like, OK, well, then who was it? Right. It's just OK, because you left that interview thinking that it was the Queen and Prince Philip. And 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 to go to great pains to say, no, it wasn't. Um, so they didn't want the names out there. But Omid goes, look. This thing's going to blow up. They're not, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and have the names and then I'll be able to talk about the names. And, you know, if you want to believe that he knew this was going to be it with Meghan and Harry, because what more is there? Meghan and Harry have been out of the royal family basically forever. So the only thing that they're going to get is from Eugenie. Right. You know, it's not like William is saying, well, this is what's happening with dad. And, you know, he's going to, you know, stay on the throne a lot longer than I thought. Of course, William's not going to have some kind of conversation like that with Harry. Yeah. Or anyone, really. Maybe his right. wife in, in, next to him in bed. You know, so it's just that that's it. So we it kind of feels like. um, And this would be, I think, the same with Harry and Spare is like there's nothing left for you to say. So mm -hmm. if you want to write another book, it's just going to be little bits and bobs and stuff because there's nothing left. You've, well, you've you've, I, you've, you've made an incredible point that. Omid, perhaps his real objective at the end of the day, just looking back on his past, worked for some tabloidy entertainment magazines, you know, was seen with trying to hobnob with those celebrities on a personal level. If the ultimate objective is fame, which he didn't really have the opportunity to to do with Finding Freedom because he co-authored that with Carolyn Durand, who has mysteriously disappeared. The, through the process of endgame. If your ultimate objective is fame, you've got nothing to lose. You do throw it all out there because what you want is to, to force your way into the history books in association with the British royal family. And yeah. now now he's on every television show that, do, that doesn't challenge him. And he's, you know, garnering this um, this pursuit that he's wanted likely all of his life.
Yeah. You know, I think that this is what he wanted. That's why he took the job out of college. He went to go work for Heat Magazine. And, you know, and then he he started like a K-pop thing. And, you know, he's tried to do whatever he can to to stay close to, you know, fame and stuff. And he finally figured out, oh, I know what I can do. I'll start writing about the royal family. Well, just access, you know, interest from Megan was a huge the second you realize that Megan has shown interest in you and that you might have a foot in the door, game changer. That was certainly a game changer for him because I'd never heard of him until until finding freedom. I'd never heard of him. Well, he um, basically he met her, I think, in 2015 or something like that at Fashion Week in Toronto. Really? Then, Are you serious? Yeah, 100 percent. I did not realize that they knew. I, I found something that you didn't know. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my <clears throat> mind is blown. I really thought that he'd kind of met her through the Royal circuit, but the idea of them meeting outside of the, you know, the, the, the gilded cage, the idea of them meeting outside of, you know, something so structured kind of blows everything out of the water. Right. Because you didn't have all the handlers. You didn't have all the eyes. Um, to me, that ch- totally changes the game. And because I have had some people message me, and again, this is uh, this is all opinion. Um, I had because I had to go through plenty of legal training over the last week about how we talk about this book. Um, but uh, I have had some people reach out to me and say that they really truly felt like Harry might have been in the dark about how much Megan had told Omid that this might be a Megan motivated, Megan fueled. Um, book that Harry could truly really be in the dark because um, we have heard and I mean even in Endgame that Harry wants to move away from this Harry's ready to forgive and forget and that it's Megan that says I'll never step foot in the UK again it isn't Megan that's saying I'll never step foot and at the same time you have Harry going what am I going to do right what am I going to do for the next 40 years I need a house I need a house back in the UK um, but yeah so Omen met Megan in 2015 at Toronto Fashion Week. And then um and that probably would have been his level of celebrity at that point. Yeah. And then a few years later she called him. She actually called him when he was getting threats on social media or something like that. And You're then, right. You're right. I have heard that because he says she is not my friend and people are like she's literally called you on the phone. So yeah. <laughs> I do not call people that that I I'm not comfortable with. And also just the fact that he plays up the fact that, yes, you know, we're friends. So if they met, then she has his phone number. And then they're texting back and forth. Now, what you said was something that is really interesting is that, okay, let's say Harry didn't really contribute at all to this. But what if this is just leftover stuff? No, I think I totally think that 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 could be it. But that's why I do agree with the idea that this could be um, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to put it all out there because they're not returning my calls anymore. They've changed their phone number. They've blocked my phone number. Um, I you know, this is my Hail Mary. I because to me, I look at I think he wants to be the American royal commentator, which is fine, because I understand why ABC News and NBC sometimes utilizes him. They want somebody with a British accent. They want somebody yes. that's there. I've worked in a newsroom. I understand it. Um, but I I do. I wondered that, too, if they 
spoke they've spoken through him throughout all of this stuff maybe he did become somewhat closer than they had initially planned through kind of the trauma of leaving the royal family and feeling like everyone is against you obviously you're going to reach out and try to go where you're celebrated not where you're tolerated and he i'm sure was a shoulder to lean on um but i agree that this could just be stuff that they forgot they told him forever ago or that they told him and never because finding freedom was over they never thought it would end up somewhere else the only when i argue with myself the whole thing about the queen had died that part because that would have that's newer stuff so Mm -hmm. where did that come from and then it goes back to but but no no that's that is exactly what your entry was on crazydaysandnights.net your entry was the word for word reaction to the day the way that that day played out so to your uh, initial point Omid could have picked that up from the Telegraph or one of the papers that's told that story when it initially happened, because that story is not necessarily new. There are a little uh, a few little more details, which anybody could literally make up. Harry doesn't answer block numbers. Neither do I, Sherlock. You know, like that could he could have just picked that up from a, a paper and and that True. it might not be new original content. Correct. Because, I mean, the whole thing, you know, that Harry didn't hear about it from anybody who saw it like on a breaking news notification or whatever. But so, yeah, so he didn't necessarily need to find that out from them. And so maybe they haven't talked in a while. Yeah. If that's the case, though, he's going to write another book and it's going to be about them. I I think that that is what we should prepare for, because he's got to change this narrative that he is their um their their puppet that he is megan's mouthpiece and the only way to do that is to write a scathing book about them and he's going to have to i think it'll probably be related to the bullying allegations he'll probably say that megan doesn't treat people fairly that'll probably be the direction he goes but my mom knew i was talking to you today so she sent me a question for you nt okay um This is a Daily Mail article. It says Meghan Markle felt she had more of a right to speak than Kate Middleton because she was a self-made woman and seemed uncomfortable having to play second fiddle, source claims. Now, my mother once wanted me to ask you, based on all of the work that Catherine put in 10 years of dating William, um, just behaving uh, and really just like not stepping stepping a foot wrong throughout the process of being just William's girlfriend, then William's wife versus Megan. My mom wants to know, is that true that Megan was in a position, more of a position to speak on issues, more of a position to take a stand? And should she have not felt uncomfortable playing second fiddle? Basically, my mom wants to know if, the, if you feel like this headline is is legit that Megan shouldn't have had to play second fiddle to Kate. No, I don't. Okay. What do we always say? I I don't really like to hear actors and actresses and their opinions on stuff. So (laughs) she's a self-made person in the sense that, okay, yeah, you know, you went from deal or no deal to um, the, and that wasn't good enough for you. You wanted serious acting roles. So that's you bobbing your head up and down in the guy's lap in the 90210 episode in the car. Right. And, and then, you know, you got suits, fine. 
It's a nice cable show. It's very watched on Netflix. You know, the reruns or whatever. Fine. But so that because you were on Suits, all of a sudden you get to you have more of a say. I'm not sure that that's how a, a self-made person. And then if you go back and you look at the the interview or the the thing that when she was with the publicist and everything, and she was looking for somebody rich, she wanted Ashley Cole, ended up luckily getting Harry for her. Because if she had got Ashley Cole, you know, she would have been wife number six or something like that. And still and not on our radar. Not on our radar. So no. And it, it's it's hard for people to understand like what it takes to be, okay, I got to be William's girlfriend, which means I have to give up everything. It's kind of like when, when Harry's exes, they're like, I can't do it. I just, I don't want that life, right? I, I don't want it. And so, and and I think that Kate, you know, stuck it through. I think there was times that she probably vacillated about it. And, you know, William probably didn't always treat her well. And so, but she just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And, and I thought that it was, you know, where Oma took a shot at her because she didn't want to, to work or something. And, you know, Kate Keen or whatever it is, Keen Kate. And I was like, did you not hear how Harry didn't want to work at all? And why should we be upset that, you know, that Kate wants to spend time with her kids and, and, and wants to watch them grow up and doesn't want to go do 50 hours a week of Royal duties when there's 50 other Royals to do stuff that we can divide everything up. And I think that Kate does tons of stuff. And we've seen Catherine in the presence of her children at official royal duties. She's a human jungle gym. She's not a part-time royal. She's a full-time mom. And especially after the trauma that William experienced as a boy, having his mom pulling him into, you know, to the room sobbing over what was going on with his father and, and, and the mistress. I mean, this is a boy that experienced severe childhood trauma unrelated to his mother's untimely death, right? Like the chaos surrounding that family. I think that it, Kate, knowing that she has said, we are going to have a different household. Kate comes from a really beautiful, strong family, entrepreneurs. They are self-made. You know, they called her mom Doris Emanuel's because she, Doris Emanuel, because she was a a flight attendant. Uh, She created this party planning store. Yes, I know they've gone through financial issues over the last few years, but who hasn't? You know, her brother's been outspoken about his mental health issues. Uh, But at the end of the day, these are a group of people that love to crawl on the couch with each other in their pajamas and cuddle. I just think she she's I think she's a prioritized motherhood. But you are crazy right to bring up the fact that Omid's going to call her this Katie Keene or whatever, the Archie comic nickname. Meghan Markle literally named her child after an Archie comic. So, okay, I wonder where he got that. Exactly. (laughs) But it's 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 Harry that has and Meghan that. Spotify basically said the return on investment is not there. Your work ethic is not up to snuff. Yeah. I mean, think about how often you record. Think about how often I record and we do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have a whole team and you and I've talked about that. I have a question for you. Um, <clears throat> June 7th. Next year. Yeah. We have the Duke of Westminster is getting married. Right. Godfather to. Yes. Archie. Both children, yeah, Godfather oh. and Archie, to Archie, yeah. but also Prince George. Yeah. Kate and William are invited. We know that. Will, right now, supposedly, the Sussexes are not on the invite list. Will they somehow get their good graces? Like, this is going to be the turning point for me. 
if they don't get invited to this wedding, then I don't think there's ever any kind of return. I think that Harry is probably literally dying and wants to go. Oh, I yeah. I do think that Harry wants to go. <clears throat> I think Harry is homesick, beyond homesick, um, because it's a different world out here. It's a lonely world. And as you and I both know, just navigating these streets, unless somebody feels like there is something that they can get from you it's really hard to make new friends as an adult in los angeles california you know you sit down with like new people and they're like what do you do you know and you just immediately recoil because you're like well i can't help you I can't, i'm not going to get you a job on a, an orange juice commercial so i don't know what 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 our future is here but um i think that uh, harry's lonely i think that Megan doesn't like rejection. Megan especially hates public rejection. So Megan would probably say to Harry, well, I'm not going even if they do try to, even if they do decide to invite us, I'm not going just to make some point. But I think it probably hurt Harry's feelings and he is lonely and he likely, I think bigger picture, Harry and Megan need the association with the royal family so that they can continue to monetize it. But I also believe that Harry is likely very lonely because he has never been this type of isolated in his life. I do believe that he missed his mom growing up, but he was at school with a bunch of rowdy boys. And then he, there were Christmases where every room in, in the castle was full of cousins. This is a new world for him where we saw those pictures on Netflix where he was, it was, I think, Lily's birthday. And it's like four people there for a birthday party. How lonely, how lonely. Doesn't that seem sad? It does. And the time, and I talked about this with you last time, he seemed so happy with, with nachos, you know, when yeah. they did the whole polo thing, cause he's hanging out with his boy right? and, you know, having fun and stuff, somebody that he wants to do. He doesn't want to go to Beyonce concert. He doesn't want to go to the Katy Perry concert. He wants to go hang out with his boys and watch some polo. And I think the problem is, is let's say they do get invited. Harry's not going to go alone because, you know, there was nothing more sad than to watch him at his mom, uh, at his grandmother's funeral, um, just sitting there by himself and, right. and then having to leave right away. So, so what is he's going to fly, go to the wedding and then leave right away. Uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I know that he wants to go to this. I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody tell me obviously, but I just, I can tell, you know, this is the godfather to his child. This was, you know, somebody he grew up with this is you know william is going to be best man for this guy mm -hmm. this is somebody that's super this is there is no way on this earth that if he wasn't with megan that he would miss this wedding so i find it very telling if he if he, if he doesn't go uh all right just my mom has a follow-up question okay I'm, I'm texting her in real time sorry she loves you uh so my mom says if that's true about megan feeling like she shouldn't have played second fiddle to Kate. Um, do you think it validates that Megan is the source that told Omid that Catherine was the other person in the room with King Charles about the unbiased, unconscious, unconscious bias comments? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's because, hard to deny. It's hard to deny. Who? It's of course. And it's not Harry that's writing the letters to King Charles. It's Megan. Yeah. Right, right. It's just, you know, it blows it blows your mind. All right. So at the end of the day, uh, from an American perspective, because that's what the, a lot of the comments say, they love hearing us talk from an American and LA perspective at the end of the day. Does this book 
does this book hurt the royal family to Americans? Or is this just another, you know, do we accept it as like the goo gushy, gushy gossip that it is and say, oh, they're still fun to watch. I still like them. I'm going to read these negative things, but I'm not going to digest it as truth. I think that I look at it and I go, this is just a bunch of stuff that he managed to scrape up together and somehow make a book. And, you know, Omid is a guy that <clears throat> has always fudged on his age, fudged on whether he's taking private jets. I mean, the guy is his parents come are like come from a religion where you're not supposed to gossip at all. Oh, wow. right. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and and they are very high up in this church. It's it's called um I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but the Baha'i faith. And it's a, it's a Persian thing. And it warns against gossip and scurrilous tittle-tattle. And his dad was a director of it for eight years. And then again, for another five years, his mom was the director of it for, for two years. And Scobie says he follows this. Well, and he, you know, he, there's this thing from 2016 where he's like visits the, the temple in India. And so apparently, you know, he's allowed, I don't understand this where he's allowed to gossip, even though you're supposed to not. And you're this whole tenant, the whole foundation of it is you're supposed to abstain from fault finding, backbiting and gossip. Wow. I mean, that is the first time I've heard all of this and I'm like, uh oh. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't think Jesus wants me to gossip either, but here I am. But that's uh, very interesting that his family's so high up and I guess it's been probably beat pretty, pretty harshly beaten into his his subconscious. Yeah, but he wants to be famous more than that. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. So you don't think that this is going to hurt the royal family? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Does it hurt the Sussexes PR-wise in the United States? Oh, um, it, I don't, it doesn't help. No. And, and have you, do you have any insight on what might be next for Harry and Meghan? Someone asked me recently and I said, honestly, I have no clue. Uh, they just seem so lost lately. So if they showed up at selling Christmas tree, Christmas trees in Montecito next week, I would not be surprised. Um, Harry will continue to do nothing and Meghan will continue to try and become a Hollywood producer. Okay. All right. I think that that's a pretty safe bet going into 2024. Well, Enti, how can people keep up with you? I, I know that we are loving your Patreon. Patreon.com slash Enti And that's really, and crazydaysandnights.net. I love that. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I always enjoy you. You're such a pleasure. I always enjoy being on with you, Kinsey, and say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> she knows. She I is know. in this conversation to win it, NT Lawyer. Okay, well, I'll talk to you again soon, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye.